Oh my god, hi! Hi! How's upstairs? It's really good. I've got a couple fans blowing on me like Beyonce. How about you? Oh, I just have one fan in the downstairs of our house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good down here. Um, if anyone is listening to this, I am Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. And we are best friends. And we decided to record our friendship in this like little informal chit chat podcast called Schmodcast. Which, by the way, I, Rebecca, I cannot get the, the theme song out of my head um, <laughs> that I wrote the other day when we were driving in the car. The one that goes, it's a podcast called Schmodcast. It's the Schmodcast podcast. Um, so that's been in my head this whole time. But also, I recorded a little uke, a little ukulele, Rachel playing the uke, to... Um, to add to the beginning of this thing as our little intro music. Um, Rebecca, how would you rate my ukulele abilities? Oh, man. Okay, so first, I'm really glad that you replayed the theme for me because that has not been stuck in my head. So now it now it is. So I appreciate <laughs> the welcome. refresher. No, it's good. I, you're, How would I rate you? Well, I think just innate prodigy level ability like without any practice you just came in as like a nine out of ten and then (laughs) the sticking with it and getting better part maybe not so much maybe you only get like a c plus Mm. on that yeah 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 maybe i i'm surprised that's a very generous grade um and now um and it's a great reminder of why we're friends because (laughs) (laughs) you are very encouraging um i'm terrible at the ukulele but I'm going to try to get better by recording a little ditty to start off our little schmodcast. And I'm going to have to get better at it so that the the ditty at the beginning of the podcast can get better and better, right? I think even if it gets worse, it's just because you're, like, exploring different <laughs> ways to uke. Yes. You know? It's not, yes. it's not bad. People, it's not bad if you're listening to it and you're like, it's bad. No, it's good. It's just a different kind of yeah. good than you're used to, so <laughs> deal with it. And get yourself a partner who <laughs> will reframe your musical abilities the way Rebecca just did for me. Ah. Okay, so um, years ago, just before the COVID-19 pandemic began, Rebecca and I were in a book club together in Washington, D.C. with a group of amazing friends one of whom said, you guys should start a podcast. And we were like, oh my God, thank you so much. (laughs) Um, And then we waited two years through the entirety of the COVID-19 pandemic while we were living together in isolation and definitely could have made a podcast. We waited that whole time. And then a couple weeks ago, um, I got COVID. And while I was sick, we finally decided we should go ahead and record this. I, we were, Am I telling the story right? You are. I think we were also really ruminating on it. We had a lot of fun pretending like we were on a podcast when we would just be mm. like in our living room talking about what could or couldn't be a good podcast segment. Mm. Yeah. Just really. Yeah. And, and on our commutes, yeah. we had a lot of good. What At one point, we came up with the name for a podcast that was just like, we would just hit record when we were in the car together and that should be our podcast. 
Yeah, I also still, I'm still holding out hope that one of these days we could have our moms listen to an episode and then the summary, them trying to summarize it to each other would be the episode itself. That's an excellent podcast. I forgot about that idea. We have a lot of good ideas, not a lot of execution. But great ideas, which I think is going to be a main segment on this podcast is us talking about what it could be, not necessarily just doing it or what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So what, so what we're going to do here on Schmodcast then is basically we're not professional podcasters. Nope. We have no background in any of this and we have no intention of trying to become professional podcasters. Mm-mm. We are recording some of our fun times, our ideas uh, for the sake of recording it for ourselves and for any friends like Jamie from our book club who might like to listen to this. Uh, we moved from Washington, D.C. to Hawaii um, a little over almost a year ago at this point. And we have so many amazing friends in like so many places around the world that we thought like maybe if we like record talking to each other, it'll be a nice little, um, a little history of our own friendship, but also a way to connect with some of our loved ones all over the place. So welcome. If you're listening to this, you probably know us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't feel like you just came to our lanai to have some tea with us or maybe coffee depending on what you prefer yes (laughs) love okay so a couple things um our podcast is basically always going to have a like little intro section and then a section called hot tops and in hot tops is where rebecca and i each came with a topic that we want to talk to each other about that we have not previously discussed or at least not in detail And then we're going to end it with some kind of a gimmick or a game. We have like a long list of gimmicks and games and things we might play today. It's called Describe a Chicken. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what you can expect when you, if you're listening to this. Um, And since this is our first episode ever, uh, which by the way, each episode will also have a title. The title of this episode is Starter Pack. Nice. Uh, Since this is the Starter Pack, our intro section is going to be our intro section is going to be a little bit longer. We're going to introduce ourselves a little bit extra. So, um, Rebecca, who are you? Mm. Yeah, I'm Rebecca. I'm known as one half of Rebechel, the dynamic duo that you have recording right now. I, um, I'm from Texas, although I spent formative years in California. So depending on what point I'm trying to land as far as like whether or not I'm an expert of a certain region I'll just claim being from Texas from California living in DC and now Hawaii so just like get ready for that to change all the time Uh, just having a family that moved around a little bit makes me feel like I'm from all of those places and also from none of those places and I am yeah I work in tech consulting I do Salesforce for anybody who knows what a CRM is that's my profession probably will never come up on this uh, podcast but maybe I'll do something interesting with work one day as a hot top who knows I um, am the very very proud mom of Ruby the cat I adopted Ruby back in 2009 and I'm certain that at some point her tail's gonna rub up against the mic or she's gonna jump over here and stop start purring so it's just important that you know all the cat noises are Ruby uh, also a star in her own right. She was featured on Rachel's Instagram last year during Cat TV. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen that, you really should because it's a treasure. Cat TV. <laughs> that was the intro song to that one. Yeah. 
And I think the most important thing to know about me is that I love the ocean and a lot of my hot tops are going to be about mm. me um, exploring the ocean, living out my best mermaid lives, um, and just like talking about my search for octopi. So that's a little bit oh about me. Oh my god, me. Rebecca. Yeah. My hot top today is also about the ocean and if we have the same top, I'm going to just lose, I'm going to lose it. <clears throat> Well, funny fact, even though I said that and I opened it like that, today's hot top is not about the ocean. It's actually about the opposite of the ocean, which is going to be really cool. Two halves do make a whole. (laughs) This is just kismet. Better together. No, we are better together. Rachel, tell me who you are. Oh my gosh. Okay. I thought you'd never ask. Um, I am from Kansas, the fourth of five children, went to international boarding school. That was the way I got out of Kansas and became a global citizen. (laughs) I'm that person who goes places where everyone says, huh, I've never met someone from Kansas before. (laughs) Um, what else to know? I'm an ultimate Frisbee player. That has also taken me some interesting places. I work in international education, and I think maybe um, before I started my current job where I met an amazing astrologer, I never would have listed my astrology as something important about me, but I learned from Tracy Rogers, astrologer and life coach, extraordinary and just generally amazing human being, that I am a Virgo with a rising sign Virgo, which makes me a double Virgo, which basically means I do not wear a mask. What you see is what you get pretty open about everything. I think you can see it on my face. Thankfully, those of you listening to this cannot see my face. (laughs) So maybe I can, maybe I can wear a mask with you. Uh, But yeah, I'm a double Virgo and Rebecca is also a Virgo. So yeah, that's my sun sign. And then I have a different rising, which is a Scorpio, which means, um, we're triple mm. Virgo with a penchant <laughs> for, um, being probing and getting rather deep. That's the yes. Scorpio side of me. Yes. Cause, cause Rebecca's a rising, uh, Virg, uh, rising sign Scorpio and my moon sign is a Scorpio. So we got a little bit of that brooding in us. Um, another interesting thing I learned from Tracy Rogers is that when she looked at my birth chart, she said, huh, I don't see where the goofy comes from. (laughs) I'm a very goofy person, and I think it comes from undiagnosed ADHD. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also maybe why I'm interested in things like playing the ukulele, but I never sit down and actually practice and get good at it. And I'm interested in making a podcast, but never sat down and actually did it. I am the one who is recording and maybe doing the like sound engineering for this podcast, but that might not be a good idea. Rebecca, our actual tech person, might have to get into it um, at some point. Yeah, this might be our first and last episode. This might be the first of a thousand. Who knows? Chasing the dopamine. We're just chasing the dopamine is what we're we're doing. We're probably not going to edit this very much, though. We're just, you know, you know us. We're going to nail it on the first take. What's editing? Who needs that? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I think that's kind of um, everything I meant to say. Oh, I'm also a birth doula and I am a death doula. And those are things we can talk about more in the future, but... um, 
I would be remiss to not mention that those are kind of important things about me. Um, important things about us. Um, if you're listening to this, again, you probably know us, in which case you know this about us, but I would like us to explain platonic life partnership. Rebecca, what is a platonic life partnership and why do we give a shit? Yeah, great question. So a PLP, platonic life partnership, is when you want to build a partnership similar to what we would call a marriage, but instead of doing it with a romantic partner, you do it with your best friend or you could do it with your, you know, maybe your mom or your sister or somebody that you're particularly close to. And it's not just two spinster ladies who live together until they meet the right man. That's, that's not what PLP is. A platonic life partner is someone that you've cherry picked all of the best things about domestic partnership and you put them together and then you just have the best life um, basically ever. And that is in a yeah. nutshell what PLPs yeah. are. <laughs> what would you add also to that? Often ref- yeah, well, for one thing, people should know that we may occasionally call this PLP-ness, um, PLP-ness, like the acronym plus ness, platonic life partners. That's not necessarily an official term, PLP, nor PLP-ness, but um, there are, there's kind of a growing movement of people who are consciously coupling with a person who's not necessarily their sexual or romantic partner. So um, I think another word for it, what was it that we learned on the inner, the, the great interwebs, that, that amazing connection of tubes? Um, queer platonic, mm-hmm. QPs. So that's another word for what we're doing. Um, basically, our finances are merged. Our home is merged. We make our career decisions together. We make our family decisions together. We spend holidays together. All of the stuff that most people would do with um, a spouse or a life partner, uh, we are doing that with each other. Um, the only difference is that we are not also romantically involved, which I, I bet a bunch of you out there actually who have spouses or life partners are all not particularly romantically involved with each other either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depending on how long you've been together, it might just look like a QP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Polyamory is one of the beautiful things that has opened this up for us, that this idea that maybe one person isn't going to be um, satisfying every need you have for partnership in your life. So Rebecca and I are partners and we are not romantically involved with each other and may or may not at times be romantically involved with other people. And when we are romantically involved with other people, it is with the understanding that our primary partner is still Rebecca and Rachel. Yeah. Did I get it? You nailed it. We got it? Yeah. Yeah. One take. Oh, so good. (laughs) So PLP&S will probably come up if we make any more episodes like this, or even just to have this for our own posterity. Um, And I think that's kind of everything we need to cover for our little intros. If you're ready to move on to Hot Tops, what do you think, Rebecca? I think the only other thing that's probably important for everybody to know is Familect. Oh, gosh, yes, Which get it, girl. PLP-ness is basically an example of that. Um, during the pandemic, we learned, we read somewhere, there's a source, I'm sure. We read somewhere about how families or people who are close to each other come up with their own, like, special words that only mean something to that particular group or community. And so things like PLP-ness, which is, like, a little phrase that me and Rachel use just with each other, would be an example of that. 
Uh, we do a lot of um, random abbreviations of words, or sometimes just we'll only pronounce half of it, or we might even like zhuzh it up. Like instead of saying the word challenge, we might say challenge. That's mm. not necessarily family like. That might just be making a word more fun than it normally is, and that's just <laughs> something that we do. I do think that's familect though, still because okay. it's gotten to the point where, like, I might say challenge to you about something and you don't bat an eye and you know that that word just means challenge and there's no particular reason that I'm saying it challenge mm. it's just it just is how we say challenge yeah it's just how we say that word in this house <laughs> um, the other things that I'm I'm like really proud of our invention of the phrase a twos bouche Mm, a twos bouche. Tell us what a twos bouche so that's is. That's when you have uh, some sort of delightful snack or appetizer on a Tuesday. It, mm. It's a portmanteau from Tuesday, the word. You're probably familiar with that word and know where that is <laughs> on the calendar. And an amuse bouche, which I don't know the French actual meaning, but it's, it's usually something tasty and small that your servers will bring you at like a fancy mm-hmm. restaurant. And so during lockdown, when I became enamored with all things kitchen, we came up with a twos bouche so that I could have like a fun Tuesday project that would be tasty. Yeah. A twos bouche is an excellent like urban dictionary example of familect. Thank you. Love it. Ugh. All right. So that's, that's intros for this episode one starter pack and it's time to move on to hot tops. Do you want to do your hot top first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay, so even though I started the intro by saying everything I'm ever going to do is about the ocean, surprise, (laughs) this week's hot top is about how I would like us to see with our own eyeballs the Milky Way. And I've done some research about how we can do that. But first, I wanted to just ask you, have you ever seen the Milky Way just like out in the sky? So I think we saw it together at you're looking at me like that can't possibly be true but didn't we see it on the top of that mountain in um in california at our friend kate's house maybe i've i've seen it i've seen it and i thought we saw that there together but i i've seen it um probably in the desert in the in the sahara have you heard of it Mm -hmm, i've heard of it yeah Yeah. some people call it sahara but i get it yeah, I've, I've been there before. Some people call it the Sahara, okay? So um, I think I've seen it there. But tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more well, here's about why I looked at you side-eye, because, fun fact, it can be hard to see the Milky Way galaxy, even though mm-hmm. we're, mm-hmm. Earth is part of it. So what we see is, like, clusters of stars way far out that are part of the galaxy, and they basically all line up to make what they call the Great Rift. It just looks like a big river of stars in the middle of the sky if you're in the northern hemisphere. And, like, depending on the type of, the time of year, it might be parallel to the horizon, or it could be, like, vertical in the sky, like, perpendicular mm. to the horizon. Mm-hmm. And so I... I'm not sure if I've ever actually seen it or if I just see like some cloud, like hazy cloud dust. And I thought that's what it was. And so Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. maybe saw it in California. Maybe, maybe I've seen it some other time, but I want to like go find it. No, we've seen it. Tick that right on the left. We got to find it. How how are we going to do that? Great question. 
So the most important thing for all of our listeners is you want to go Milky Way galaxy hunting during a new moon. So check your calendars to see like when there won't be a moon in the sky or when it's going to be totally dark because the moon, in case you don't know, it reflects the sun's light and it can be rather bright, especially when it's full. So we want a new moon night and um, the best time to see the Milky Way in the Northern Hemisphere, which is where we're located, is between April and September. And guess what? It's August, so that's prime time. Oh my god, it's it's currently between April and September. I know, it's great. smack dab. And so then the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to take ourselves a little trip 87 miles away to the visitor center of Mauna Kea, which is like a high point on the island that we live on that has an observatory a little further up, but it's a great place to do stargazing, and we've never timed it. Uh, the right way before we just showed up yeah. because we happened to want to see the sunset but this time we're going to do it on a new moon so that once the sun sets we'll get to see all the stars and then don't worry mm. i downloaded an app so we can <gasps> find the milky way because it likes to hang out between scorpio and sagittarius those two constellations of course it does yep. Um, and then I'm going to leave you with this, which is what I found to be the least helpful in all of my research. They described it as, you can find the great rift between Cygnus and Scutum. Who even knows what those words are? What? I know. So that's, if you do know what that is. Is your app going to know? Will your app know what those words are? You Google Milky Way and then the app will just tell you to okay. point your phone. Yeah, you just Google and then your app. <laughs> points the phone at yeah. the sky yeah and you find it and that our our cool. cameras can actually do a better job of like seeing the the milky way sometimes than our naked eye so we're going to mm. take some pictures of the night sky in different directions until we find it it's gonna be great i'm i'm actually like severely impressed that your main plan is to use an app and that you haven't already purchased like some ridiculously expensive like um what are those things called that you use to look at this telescope? With telescope. Yeah. <laughs> I almost said stethoscope. Imagine if you brought a stethoscope to the mountain oh, to try to see the Milky Way. That would be way. so embarrassing. <laughs> you can't hear the Milky Way, Rachel. Ridiculous. Uh, I well, so buying buying. We don't need a telescope for this. That's on the list. It's not. It's not not on the list. Mm. I just want to do it this way first with the free app that's probably going to have ads and just like our mm. eyes to see if that's cool and then if we like yeah. it and we want to start taking nighttime you know professional photos then that's when we get the telescope gotcha what do you think intrigues you about seeing the milky way what makes you excited about this i mean it's i think a lot of it is the photoshopped pictures i've seen on the internet they look really really mm -hmm. majestic and i just want to know what it what it actually looks like with mine own mm -hmm. eye and i have always really liked looking at stars at night and I don't feel like I spend much time as an adult doing that like same thing mm -hmm. as just actually taking time to watch the sunset and mm -hmm. just like really take a moment to think about how nice life is I think there's going to be mm -hmm. something really beautiful about being up on that hill watching the sunset and then the stars get brighter being in my favorite place on earth yeah oh my gosh yeah. I love I think my contribution to this adventure will be some type of moon-related playlist, which I, I think we've actually drafted before. But for our drive, I think we're going to need some some um, moon and stars and um, 
night sky songs to really just like set the tone before we see the Milky Way. And maybe some hot chocolate because it's cold up there. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Okay, great. I'm on board. Is that all the Milky Way stuff we've got for today? Yeah. I thought I, I would keep it light and then get some feedback later Love. about how much more detail we might want on hot tops. <laughs> no, I think that's perfect. Also... It leads in really great to my hot top because you covered the skies and I'm going to cover the oceans. Mm. Um, because my hot top is, did you hear that the Great Barrier Reef has made like, like the corals have made like a 35% recovery? I had not heard that stat, but I saw a headline yeah. the other day about how they're getting better, which is great because I've never made like, my way down there and I need them to hold on until yeah, I can see them. They made it by a lot. So um, you all heard during Rebecca's intro that she loves the ocean and her amazing birthday gift to me years ago was scuba lessons so we can scuba dive together. And I, did you grow up just, okay, Climate change is real. There's a lot of bad <laughs> shit happening to the planet. Okay, that's my disclaimer. It is real. <clears throat> and I was shocked and delighted to find out from some actual scientists that I play Frisbee with the other day that the ozone layer does not have a hole in it anymore. Did you know that? <laughs> it just like grew back, like closed itself. So remember when we were little kids and they were like, the ozone is fucked and you're all gonna die yep. prematurely and that's why everyone's getting cancer you're everything's ruined and it's everybody using hairspray yeah it's everyone right? who's ever used aquanet's fault you're all you ruined it for the future generations <laughs> so i said something at frisbee weeks ago where i was like yeah and like now we're all getting sunburned so much easier because of the hole in the ozone layer and these like real life scientists were like mm, nope there's no hole in anymore it got fixed like we actually really fixed it and I was like what how I still don't understand the mechanics but I believe these people this could all be wrong also warning to if a stranger is listening to this this is light on facts this is two friends having a combo and yeah. we are not googling it we are not gonna find the real answer we are just going to let it stand yeah picture it so anyway, like a podcast in the late 80s pre-internet yes that's somebody no told internet. us it sounded reasonable we're yes. sharing it deal with so it so it's a podcast that does not have the internet except that the stories i'm telling you i got off the internet but anyway <laughs> um so ozone layer fixed same thing apparently great barrier reef okay great barrier reef still in mucho danger okay, okay. like there's still it's bleaching which is not because of people pouring bleach or other chemicals in the water. Bleaching is because the water got hotter mm -hmm. and it makes all the brightly colored corals turn white because they're sad. Are they sad um, or are they dead? Is it both? Dead, yeah, okay. like really, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think all the way dead, but maybe, maybe part dead. Mm -hmm. um, but so I feel like in the last like 10 to 15 years, the story I kept hearing was, the Great Barrier Reef is going to be completely effed. Like, you better go see it now because it's about to die off forever and all of our world's biodiversity is ruined forever. Not 100% correct. So today, this article I read, I think it said 38% better coral cover than previously. Like, it's doing better. 
they're brightly colored which also by the way when we we were at um a wedding a while ago with a bunch of australians and the australians also told me is that a good australian accent oh, did i get it right so good i thought a third person just oh. joined the call I really did not intentionally look for an opportunity to use my Australian accent on our first first version of the podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I haven't haven't been practicing. That was New Zealand. That was New Zealand. Anyway, who can um, tell? I didn't look for it. I didn't try to find an excuse to use it. It just came out naturally. Um, but those Australian guys also told us. I was like, oh yeah, is there still is there still like coral there? I heard it was all dying, and they were like. Yeah, no, it's still really nice. You should come see it. Well, and this this is what makes me wonder, not a conspiracy theory, but were they exaggerating its imminent demise, doom and gloom, in order to get more tourism? So I don't I don't think that it's conspiratorial. Mm. I think people who care about these things truly believed and had data to point to the demise of the barrier reef and like maybe thanks to that effort is like why it's getting better now Mm -hmm. um or maybe it's just that like we still don't really have a great understanding of how mother nature works like we we have an app to show us the milky way but we don't actually understand the Milky Way and like we can scuba dive because we've figured out how to do compressed air but we like aren't really sure how to keep the reefs alive like it's all still a big question mark we're just um, Mm -hmm. just doing the best we can that was such a good news yeah yeah it's nice right yeah I'm really excited about the reef and that yeah. I don't know if it's like a fluke that it just, I mean, 34% though feels like it's really coming back. It's a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. It was definitely a positive news story. Did I read every word of it? No. no. Would I remember the specifics if I had? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but this is the part that I remembered that I wanted to share with you that I saved for Hot Tops on our Schmodcast. I'm so glad. It's a little bit like an early birthday present because now... Yeah. We're going to start planning when we're going to go see it. Yes, exactly. We should, but we have so many trips coming up. We have just, our lives are so good. Yeah, rich, abundant. Yeah, we have rich lives. <laughs> and, and vocal fry. <laughs> okay, so that's Hot Tops. And this week, for the end of our first ever recording together starter pack episode, Our fun game at the end is called Describe a Chicken. Um, Rebecca and I live on a little homestead where we currently have, well, we have 10 intentional chickens and like three bonus wild jungle chickens that basically either fully live with our chickens or sometimes live with them. And they're completely um, free range, all of our chickens are. So they kind of like merged with some of the jungle chicks. Um, but we want to remember these chickens and we want our friends and family to know more about the chickens. So this is our opportunity to tell you a little bit more about them. Rebecca, which chicken would you like to describe? I would like to describe baby Jane, also known as plain Jane, Mm. GI Jane, lady Jane, lady Jane, Jane. That's my chicken. 
So she was one of the original hens that was here when we moved in. No idea how old she is. We're not sure how to, like, age a chicken. But she um, is all white with, like, classic red little comb. And she just looks like that chicken from Looney Tunes, if you remember. What's his name? Foghorn Leghorn. Yes. He's a and rooster. that's what kind she is, isn't she? What's she? I think she's a Leghorn. This is all, all mm. of our, um, like, species, like, identification for chickens has come with just Googling things like brown chicken, speckle neck, dark feet. So... <laughs> Maybe green eggs, yeah. pastel, more of a teal. Like, so who knows? But I think basically they're 100% right. Don't question it. And this one's definitely a leghorn chicken. She lays the biggest white eggs. They look like ping pong balls. Amazing, because she's pretty petite. And um, little Janie, little sweet, sweet Janie has been, um, I don't want to say my rock, but she's been really like core to, to how... <laughs> We learned about chickens, including that she survived, like, a rooster attack several months ago. Yes. And that was when I realized that I am attached to the chickens. I really don't want anything bad to happen to them. And chickens are really stupid and have basically no immune system. So if they do get into a kerfuffle or they get some sort of weird butt sickness, a lot of butt sicknesses happen in chickens. Oh, yeah. That you just, you shouldn't get attached. You do your best you you try to make the chicken okay but like we're not like helicoptering them to a vet or anything there's no like evac no. happening no so anyway, sweet jane she's white lays white eggs uh, she has really only vision out of one eye because of the rooster attack but yeah she's just always in the best spirits even though she is half blind and she now like she still likes to look at you through her dead eye, but then she'll, like, turn around kind of coyly to look at you with the good one. And so I think it's really sweet. <laughs> Did you notice that her, like, floppy red comb also has some, like, black spots on it? Are those, like, scabs? Do I you think, know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, those appeared after that fateful night. And she has a very floppy comb. Mm. So, Fun fact, oh, so floppy. roosters, chickens, they can have floppy combs. It's not just only roosters that get the big floppy, like, little forehead combs. So she's got a real flopsy one, and the back of it, yeah, there's little black spots. I think they're scabs or scars that just, that's just what it yeah. looks like now. And uh, she has cute little pale yellow feet, like legs. Yeah. Yeah, and she's... Yeah, she's a petite gal, and and not that it matters because we've learned the pecking order changes all the time. But when I first googled this, the the hens that like live on the top or sleep on the top roosting bar in the middle are supposed to be the ones in charge, and Jane sleeps just adjacent to that center spot. So yeah, she's often our our top hen, so we think she's she's maybe the queen of the chickens. <laughs> the queen of the chickens. Yeah. Well, you know who's not the queen of the chickens is the is the chicken I'd like to describe for our describe a chicken um, segment today is uh, Miss Sarah. Mm. Speaking uh-huh. of messy butts, so yeah, if you've ever heard somebody say "What's up, chicken butt?" they're talking about Sarah, okay? <laughs> because this chicken, which by the way, all of our chickens are named after strong female characters, mostly fictional characters. Sarah is named after the main character of the movie Labyrinth with um, David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. Um, 
one of the best movies of all time. Jim Henson, Muppets, look it up. <laughs> um, Sarah ha- is a silky. And if you know anything about chickens, which I hope you do, silkies are the most ridiculously fancy chickens you've ever seen. They have weird floofy hat feathers and weird feathers on their feet. Why do you need feathers on your feet? You don't need feathers on your feet. That is pure decoration. You are fancy. Um, So Sarah is like a mixture. What would you say, Rebecca? Tan? Yeah. Calico? Yeah. Yeah. She looks like she's wearing a petticoat, so that fits. She She has the floofiest undercoat feathers that are like soft and fluffy and brown and tan and then like a funny floofy little hat and funny little foot feathers but poor Sarah we think has like a butt disease because (laughs) she's been slowly losing more and more feathers from around her tuchus and now it's like this weird like bald butt on this otherwise very fluffy decorative chicken and um so we're medicating them. Don't worry. Don't call, what would you call the SPCA or like the Humane Society. We are taking care of the chickens. Um, but that's Sarah. She's, oh, she also lays white eggs, we're pretty sure. But we don't know for sure because they're free range. You can't tell who lays which eggs. Come on now. Well, and we have lives. So we're not just like staring at the coop ah. all day long trying to see who does what. As previously mentioned, our lives are rich. Abundant. Abundant. We don't have time to watch the chickens all day. We just have time to tell you about them in this recording of our lives. <laughs> yep. Priorities. So I think I think that's it. Um, I think that's all the tops um, for this week. How do you feel, Rebecca? I feel good. I'm proud of us. We did it. Yeah. This was pretty rad. Yeah rad cool i like talking to you i like talking um, to you you know what we should do is mm. end this episode and then talk to each other some more downstairs <gasps> what a great idea <laughs> episode is another great <laughs> example of familect i don't know why we say episode instead of episode but we do episode you know where i think it comes from is Lemonade, which could be oh, probably another rotating from... segment on this podcast, is just like origin stories of specific oh, phrases. Lemonade and mimosas, m- <laughs> which sounds like a yeah. bacterial infection, but there is <laughs> there's a bacterial infection in our brains, I think, that makes us come up with this stuff. No, this is only genius. Gold. No bacteria can it's take credit gold. for this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thank you so much if you listened to this, dear friends and family. And if you didn't listen to this, then I don't know how you're hearing me say this right now. Um, And screw you anyway. (laughs) And um, we shall say goodbye now. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye.